Hi all, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on -on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life, as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I. Now, into the episode, and it's a juicy one. Hi friends, and happy Monday. I am so excited to release another episode of the Open House podcast, and this week, Dr. Terry is taking a very well-deserved break. In episode 26, I'm joined by Emma Wilson, the first Turning 30 coach, and she's dedicated to help those who are turning 30 to feel better at this transitional time in life. Today's discussion just feels like an amazing girl talk that is much needed in society, particularly as Emma and I feel super passionate about helping 30-somethings to ditch the timelines and the shoulds to create a life in their 30s that feels right for them. Today is a co-hosted podcast between the both of us, and let's get into it. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. We've been trying to do this for so long, and it's going to be amazing. I know. I'm so happy it's finally happened. I feel like we've been teasing each other with the collaboration for a really long time and also the friendship thing. I know you're doing a month of friendship-related content uh, this month and also so am I. So I'm really excited. I think what we'll do to start is just an intro because we're both you know, living, living the, the 30-something single woman life. We've got a lot to talk about today. I broke up with my boyfriend, wow, probably like a year and three months ago, but it absolutely floored me, like totally. First ever breakup that absolutely just like knocked me for six. And so ever since then, it's just been a healing journey of reconnecting with myself, looking after myself, and also trying to have some fun along the way, not only with romantic partners and some very sexy men, but also friends because like you like you said friendship is often so overlooked in the world so I can't wait to get into it with you yeah and I love what you just said it's such a good point and it's something that I've been thinking about actually a lot since my breakup something that I just realized during this time of healing and that you said that kind of the self-discovery and the the recovery after the breakup is how important friendships are. It was such a huge lesson and almost a really hard lesson learned. And maybe you had the same thing, but when I was in my relationship, we were together for almost four years. We lived together. And I think that it happens a lot, but I definitely, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily pushed, pushed friends away, but it was always like relationship first, career stuff, health, lifestyle. And like, oh yeah, my friends are just here. And when we went through the breakup, it was like, oh my God, friends, are so important and why did it why does this topic of friendship not get as much time even a quarter of the airtime that relationships do totally I think I'm also the same as you when I was in my 20s I just worked so much like I was always working building businesses going out exercising socializing and actually I just came to this point where I realized oh my goodness I actually need to invest and nurture in friendships. And that sounds such a stupidly obvious thing to say, because we just expect that our friends will always be there. But what I realized is to have the friends around me that could hold space for like the depth of the emotions that I was going through when things were bad, they're not your fair weather friends. They're not your in the club friends. You have to nurture those friendships and build that vulnerability. And I didn't do that in my twenties. So I kind of swung between having loads of friends, like loads of very superficial friends, And then actually just being really lonely, like 
on the weekend when the work calmed down, when I was hungover. And so I actually was like, wow, I am going to invest in my friends. So when you went through the breakup, did you feel that lack of friendship circle around you? Was that something that you noticed when you were going through it? So not so much for this breakup, because I think I had that realization before I met this boyfriend. So I definitely was already in the process of nurturing those friends. And I call them tier one friends. Like you really only need three to four people that will be there for you in a crisis. You can go to them crying, whatever is happening. You don't need a lot of them. And I already had them in place pre the breakup. But same as you, even though I had those core friends in place, I went into lockdown with this boyfriend. We were like madly obsessed with each other. It was just such a roller coaster romance that you you do neglect your friends. Like no matter how much you love them or how important they are to you, like you do neglect them. And maybe that's something now that we will never do again. I actually don't think I ever will do it again. Do you do you think you will? It's so funny that you're asking this because it's it's kind of a joke between friends when you're like, oh, here you go, another one, another one bites the dust. When you're in a sing, when you're in a group of friends and you're single and you're so close and you feel that really strong connection and friendship's such a priority, and then someone starts dating someone and then it gets serious and you're like, all right, see ya, <laughs> and you're like, I'm not going to see them again. And I honestly feel the same as you because of what I've been through the past few years. I feel like I'll never, ever, ever do it again. But who knows? I really, I really. I really don't want to. You're in control. You can break those cycles. It take, All it takes is the awareness to break the yeah. cycles like that more than anyone. But it is funny that you say that because one of my very best friends has just started dating someone. We were the, one of the very few like 13 single people. And it's like, oh my God, you, you nearly have a boyfriend. And then that basically means that you're nearly going to get married because in your 30s, everything happens so quickly. And I'm, obviously I'm so happy for her. I want it to happen and it will happen. And I'm thrilled for her. But I'm also like, no, 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 no. Like, our friendship is amazing. I need it to stay like this. And I need you to be there for me whenever I need you and to come boxing with me on a Saturday morning like we always do. And it is funny that we just need to learn to like let go of that control and just flow with it and just maintain consistency and connection, but maybe in a different way than we had before, you know? And I think that's something I want to do, and maybe you'll join me, and this is what this conversation is going to be, is is to really talk about the harsh truths of friendships in your 30s. Because what you just said, I think, is a harsh truth, and it also is a fear that a lot of single women have. And I know this from my clients as well, who are single women who, like you said, get used to this, and they, they really make the most of their lives. It's not like we're sitting at home waiting to be rescued or something, and that's really what I stand for is that we you know set up our lives in our 30s to be whatever we want it to be and to put ourselves yeah in a position to meet someone but also living our lives and just enjoying ourselves but there is that fear there that the friendships that we're going to make at this time aren't going to withstand it or original friendships may not also withstand becoming single and be able to cope with all of these changes And it's true. And I remember specifically a client saying to me, one of my biggest fears is that I'm going to be the last woman standing. And and there is something, and let's be honest, when our close single friends get into it, start dating, you have this really mixed uh, bag of emotions. You have this feeling of like, wow, I'm so happy for you. Just like you said, so I'm genuinely buzzing for them. You know, so excited. There is this feeling of like, okay, maybe it won't be the same. And it's really, really hard. And I think that we should say it out loud because people don't. That It's okay that it's hard. It's okay if you feel that you're losing a friend when they go to date someone. Because in a way, you kind of are. Yeah, I just don't think it's spoken about at all. Like, 
you don't speak to them about it. So I think having these discussions are really important and super into what you said about like the changing fluctuations of friendships. Like for me, it feels like it's a, a wave or a roller coaster that we need to learn to ride rather than panicking and either holding on or dropping off. Because I don't know about you, but for me, some of my very closest friends during lockdown all got pregnant and had babies at the same time. So our friendship group split abstractly down the middle into those with married and with children, those not. And then within the not, there's kind of the people that are engaged or with boyfriend and then the single. So it feels like there's these different groups and learning to navigate them is hard because you need to be your authentic self, but there's a pressure that in each of those groups to be a certain way. The single ones, you need to kind of be fun and going out and talking about dating. And then with the pregnant ones, it's like you want to be there for them and understand motherhood and support them through whatever they're going through. But perhaps you are not who they would necessarily come to straight away because they have their baby mums and stuff like that. So I think being in your thirties and single, you, or I feel sometimes that I'm just floating between different groups, which isn't a bad thing. But again, like we said, we don't talk about how uncomfortable and like sometimes weird and lonely that can feel. Yeah, exactly. I think you just summed it up really perfectly and that was the topic that we came here to discuss today can you maintain friendships with friends who are at different milestones going through the the different timelines with engagements and and weddings and babies and moving out of the city and, and all of these things and I think you just what you said is really apt and spot on about it can feel really really lonely and I'm going to say that I don't think a lot of friendships can be maintained during these times not to be like kind of a voice of doom but I think it's all about letting go like you said letting go of what the friendship used to be letting it adapt into something new but like you said in the not trying to hold on not trying to cling on not trying to make it into something that it's not and I think that once you actually understand that it's okay to have some friends for some things and it's okay to let go of old friendships that maybe aren't going to withstand the test of time and just to know that it doesn't mean anything about you as a person yeah I think it's so important what you said as well about how we take things really personally and I think that before you do the work or you go to therapy our ego just reacts and if a friendship changes we take it very personally and it's like oh they don't want to be friends with me anymore they think this about me I'm not that I'm not enough blah 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 and like you said we're able to very easily sit here and say that's not the case because we've done so much self-work and now I understand that it's okay like you said these things change and flow and it's not a reflection of us and also sometimes you may come back together because maybe in two years we might get married or have kids one of my very best friends said you know don't worry the second that you get pregnant I have all the answers for you I've gone through everything and that makes me feel emotional and warm and fuzzy even just like thinking about it's that okay well right now we can't connect over that but one day your kid might be five and I might have a little one growing in my stomach, but like you're going to be there to help me. And maybe for some people they won't be there and that's okay because someone else will be. So I love the idea about not taking it personally, not trying to hold on and control out of like a fear-based mentality, because as we both know and everyone listening, when anything is driven from fear, the outcome is never a positive one. Like it's just never going to fill you up. It's just going to drain you. Yeah. And I think what you just said about the ego is so true because what happens is when we feel that we beco- we're becoming distant from our friends or our friends are doing different things to us, we feel left behind and then we feel 
left out of conversations and we feel left out of what, whatever they're going through, we become a victim and you become a victim of like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm not doing what they're doing. And like you said, we, we think they don't maybe want to be our friends. We're the one always vying for friendship. We're the one trying to get involved. We're, it's, not, it's not actually the truth a lot of the time. The truth is just the facts that somebody is doing one thing and therefore wants to be surrounded with people who are doing the same things as her. And another one of us is doing another thing and we want to be surrounded by the things that are of interest to us. Because the truth is, and maybe I can only say this after years and years and years of going through so many different changes in my friendships, but I don't want to talk about breastfeeding. I don't want to talk about bottles and I don't want to talk about nap times and schedules and structures. Of, and that's all really nice. And like you said, I'm sure in however many years when I do have kids, that will be of interest to me. I can't imagine that it will, but let's just pretend that it will. <laughs> It will, it will. It will one day. I think everything, I think everything changes and feels right when you're there. But I yeah, agree yeah. You're right now you're like, can't imagine that really being super stimulating or exciting conversation. Like, yeah. But for some reason, it, for some reason, it, it will be at one, at one point in my life. And, and it's okay. And it's to get out of that victim and choose it. Say, I'm actually not going to go to that brunch today with my friends who are all going and I'm the only one that doesn't have a baby. And it's not because I don't love them or want to be with them, but it's better to spend one-on-one time with each of those uh, friends or the ones that I feel connected to. And I don't need to be in a group. And I learned this the hard way because I know that some of our listeners, I'm 34. So a lot of my friends, you know, my friends did get married quite young, my, my home friends back in London. And they, they have got two or three kids now. But when I was 27 and they all got married and it was the wedding conversation, now that was really, really hard. Being someone single when all of your friends are getting married in the same year and it's just, I had 13 weddings in one year. And it was every single weekend was a bachelorette party, sorry, a hen, hen party. It was a lot of events, all the wedding, obviously. And it was really intense. So I'm speaking to any listener here who's you know, their friends have just started getting married and it's kind of the first thing and it's really exciting and very hyped up. It's very hard to set those boundaries because you feel a lot of guilt about not being the best friend who is there for the other person. And I think that it's really important to remember that even if you feel that guilt, you can still set boundaries. You don't have to go to every event. You can tell your friends that sometimes it triggers you. You can have open conversations about it. And I think that people don't do it enough because they get so nervous of losing the friend. They get so nervous of being that person, the person that's going to cause the trouble around the time of the wedding. But I think we forget that sometimes when we don't address it head on and when we don't set boundaries and we don't you know, check in with ourselves and really ask those questions and have those conversations, the resentment that comes afterwards is actually worse than just having the conversation in the first place. I agree. And I'm like the biggest fan of JOMO, which is the opposite of FOMO. Like I actually get joy of missing out because I, I'm also sober. So bachelorette parties, Hindus, weddings, they are excruciatingly painful for me because they are very long events that everyone else is getting very drunk at and often you're sat next to strangers maybe that you don't know or whatever and I don't drink so it is more of a painful experience sometimes painful is probably a bit of an aggressive word but it can be a little bit more uncomfortable and so I agree it's all about setting boundaries where I am very good at saying I'm gonna come um, I'll check in for a couple of hours and then I'll probably bounce or like you said if it's like a whole like a Saturday afternoon thing and everyone's there with all their babies I mean I would probably go 
But I think that if I didn't want to, I just wouldn't. And I'd say, I'd love to reconnect next week. Can we do something? Whatever. Like, I'm happy for the babies to come. I like babies. I'm happy for them to be around. But it does impact your friendship. Like, I remember I went to Selfridges recently with a good friend and her um, little girl. And we just literally did not talk. Because every time we started to have a conversation... The girl would like cry, smash something, throw something on the floor, need to be entertained. So I think you're right. It's okay to, in today's time poor society, be like, I love you so much. Can we get some quality time in? Maybe your husband could take the baby. Maybe there could be some childcare. But you feel so guilty saying that because you feel like it's like saying, I hate your baby. (laughs) And obviously you don't hate their baby. It's just like you want the time to be quality time with the two of you. So I think be vocal about that. Be honest and just be kind and gentle just yeah. that's the way to approach it kind and gentle not like a bow in a china shop yeah and just also understand that most of the time the mums also probably do want the time apart there's almost this like little mm. dance that you do they also probably want to get away from the baby and leave it with the husband but they feel like maybe like oh do you not want to get to know i, f- I always feel this weird thing that maybe my friends feel not nice that I don't know their child and they want me to maybe connect with them and I'm like oh I kind of want to connect with them but also I really just rather have a conversation where you don't have one eye all the time on your baby and not focusing on the conversation and there's like this kind of like weird thing where you're like what's the right thing what's the wrong thing and the truth is there's nothing's right or wrong and isn't it better for a friendship like you said to just spend quality time together and not have to you know do that that is literally one of like the most powerful things I think that has been said on this whole podcast so far which is that exactly that my friends often don't want to bring the baby like they leave the baby at home with the dad with the childcare, with the mum whatever but actually then I'm with them but then I feel bad that I'm not spending time with the child and yeah it's such a complex like thing to navigate and I think that actually yeah you just made me realize you just need to have that conversation and say because one of my very best friends I've only met her child once in nine months since it's been born because of lockdown because of whatnot mm-hmm. and then when I did meet her she stayed for five minutes and then the dad took her which was great because I got to see my friend and got to spend quality time with her but then I was like oh my goodness like I hope she's not going to go home thinking oh Louise has only spent five minutes with my baby in the last nine months so you're so right I think just having those conversations around these uncomfortable things is where to start Yeah. Oh my God. I'm just laughing at myself when you were speaking, thinking about some of my friends, because obviously I live, I live abroad and I haven't met some of their babies and also because of lockdown and and everything, but I have like a list on my phone of all their babies' names because I don't remember all their babies' names. And it's so funny when sometimes they message me or something or I'm on the phone and I can't find the list and I'm like, what's the baby's name? (laughs) That's obviously hilarious. One of my friends messaged me the other day being like, let's play a game of guess the baby's face. And she would just send me pictures of our friend's babies and I'd have to guess. And I was quite good at it, to be fair. But like, then when I did it back, she like did, she just could not tell the difference. And then she was like, she's like, is it just me? Or are these babies just growing up like so fast? Like, how are they growing up so fast? And I was like, also a valid point. Like, it's going very quickly. Like, it's life is fast. I'm not very, I feel like you're better with babies than I am. I'm, I'm not very good at navigating the baby talk. Um... But yeah, I mean, do you think it is possible to be very close friends with people who are going through, like, for example, friends that are getting married, friends that are having babies, friends that are just completely focused on different things? So I think yes, for me, which I think is a slightly different answer to you. And that's because one of my, yeah, two of my very best friends have babies. I would say we still have the same friendships as we did before. 
but it takes concerted effort to keep it like that. And also because I'm very busy, sometimes I'll like forget to message them and realize, oh my God, I haven't seen you. So it really comes down to consistency and communication. And I think that it's because, because I don't drink and because I don't really party anymore, I don't miss that side of them. Whereas I'm seeing it around me is that have another friend who is almost like grieving or like resenting all these changes because she's losing her good time girls. She's losing her friends that would just hop on a plane and go to Ibiza with her. She's losing the ones that would be out in the nightclubs with her. So if you are big into going out and partying, yeah, I think it's really going to impact your friendship. And I would say, yeah, I don't think you're going to have the same friendship. For me, it's easier because my time that I spend with people is one-on-one brunches, coffees, walks in the park, exercise classes. But if you are someone that has big dinners, big nights out, yeah, I think it's going to change. And I don't think you're going to be able to keep it up in the same way you did before. And that's okay. It's sad, but it's okay. Yeah. I think I agree. Your friendship can survive it, but it just changes. The friendship itself changes. The love is still there and the care is still there and all of those things, but the actual friendship itself is in a different wrapping paper. And I think it's really important to know that and understand that. And for me, because when I was 26, 27, so many of my friends got engaged and got married all in a similar you know, time in a few years, I learned that the hard way that the friendships do change and it, it's okay, as we said, for friendships to change. And it's also okay to make new friends based on where you are in your life right now. And it's okay if they're not associated at all with anything from your previous life. It's okay if they're not connected to your previous friends. And it's okay if they are your single friends or your work friends or what I call sometimes your convenience friends, because we all need them. And you mentioned loneliness before. When we don't have these friends, it does become very lonely. And no one should be feel lonely. I agree totally. I've got two things to say here. The first thing I have to say is that it's also okay for it to be awkward making new friends as an adult. We're not 18, excuse my language, shit-faced in a club anymore. Like you have to have proper conversations. You don't know anything about the other person. We've all gone through stuff that make us who we are. And it is uncomfortable at the beginning to get to know someone. But do not let that put you off because what is on the other side of a bit of discomfort is a deeply rewarding amazing friendship that is just going to literally fill you up and you're going to be at the same points and time in your life the second thing that I want to say here is like you said it's really important to vocalize how you feel very gently to people around you and I'm going to give you an example here is that one of my very closest friends who was my business partner she's been around for 10 years she's now married She lives very close to me though. And I said to her, I just don't have that many single friends. And sometimes I feel a bit lonely, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, when I went to her wedding, she made an active effort, you know, at the Hindu, at the wedding to introduce me to her single friends. And actually now I've become, and we're going to get into this, into how to make new friends. But on Valentine's Day, I went out for dinner with all of her single female friends and she wasn't even there. And I didn't even think to message her to be like, hey, are you okay with me doing this? Because I was like, of course she's okay with me doing this. Like, this is exactly what she wants me to be doing. And it was a Monday night, Valentine's Day, and I was sat there eating pizza with some single ladies, like, laughing. And I was like, I feel so filled up and warm. And I don't even know some of you that well, but this is exactly what I should be doing rather than being sat at home, not crying, I would never cry, but it'd been Valentine's Day, but just being like, nah, on my own. So yeah, vocalize it to people around you and just 
you never know where or who they might be able to introduce you to that could be a new friend. And I think that there's something that I am so grateful that I've been single at this age, really. I think that there's something really special about women in their 30s who are single coming together and having shared experiences. Because we've all been through shit, we've all been through big breakups, we've all been through big friendship things, we've all got careers that we want to talk about and exciting things going on. And the friendships that I've made since my breakup are so amazing. Like really, I'm not saying they're better than or they're just different to my other friendships, but the connections that you make at this age are so much better than any connection that I made when I was shit-faced in a club at university at the age of 20. Really, I have to say, and I also, not, I'm not a big party girl, I don't drink a lot, and I, my friendships are very authentic, they're very made over dinners and and evenings in and even I've been remote working so I meet a lot of people when I'm away and I feel like I'm so happy and grateful that I got the chance to live this part of my life as a single woman to meet other single women who are so inspiring and who are so I feel so deeply connected to and I think people who are listening who feel that still are in that victim mode of maybe you're going through a breakup and you're feeling lonely or lack of friends know that it is possible to make new friends and those friendships can be really, really meaningful and really uplifting. Oh, not only is it possible to make new friends in your thirties, but it's revolutionary. You know, if we just take sort of two of my very, very best friends, one of them I met in LA at the back end of my twenties and probably the same for my other one in London. And those are two of the most integral friendships in my life. And then the third one that I met at this Hindu that I mentioned, she, we might be going to Tulum together next month. And it's just like, they're revolutionary. Because unlike you, I don't have a lot of friends from my childhood or from my teenage years. My friends start from university onwards. So I, even though I had amazing friends at school, we are not close. And actually the reason we're not close is because like you said at the beginning of the episode, I fell in love for the first time ever neglected all of them they all went off on their gap year together I went off with him obviously that ended in tears and then I'd lost my friends and my boyfriend so we're not going to go into that today but I do just want to say to anyone that's listening don't worry if you don't have those teenage friendships or school friends because I I literally do not like all my friends are from university onwards and that is also okay like I think we hold and I actually think I hold some shame around it I'm like feel shameful that I'm not friends with them still or maybe think oh they must think this of me or they must think that of me and actually after doing this work I can let that go and I can just focus on the now and who I do have around me rather than the big hole of who is not there so I love that I think what's really interesting is that we're both come together and we're obviously similar age similar situation and we have different friends from different places. And like you said, you don't necessarily have those home friends. You have all your university friends. I have my home friends. I don't have university friends because I did go to university, but I went with all my friends and I made like one new friend and I'm not spoken <laughs> to her for a few years. And I think that maybe we grow up thinking that there is that like you should always have your friends from school and then your friends from here and then your friends from work. And then you're going to get married at this age and you're going to have your friends from your husband or your partner and bullshit you have friends in your life because you connect with them you share the same values you just have a good time with them they're there for you it's mutual that's friendship it's not about who like where you met them and I'm happy that we're having these this conversation to understand how different our friendship circles are I agree I think it's so complimentary and I couldn't agree with you more there is no formula to friendship I have friends that I've 
gone backstage at Post Malone with and I've had friends that I've randomly gone to a Taylor Swift concert with and then I don't see them again for two years. And then I've got my friends that I talk to every single day. And then I've got my best friend in LA and another friend in Canada who I only see twice a year. There is no formula for friendship. It's about what do you need and who can fill that up? And can you make sure that you can give back to them what they need? Because also, just because you need something in a friendship doesn't mean that they need it. So case in point, I love my best friends to be able to like analyze intellectually and emotionally what's going on in a situation because that's the way that my brain works. Quite intelligent, very emotionally aware. So I like them to help me analyze. I think this means that. My psychology means this. But that doesn't mean that they want that in return. So I spent some time being like, what do you want from a friendship? Oh, okay, you want love and consistency. You don't need me to break down the psychology of why you feel that way when that guy hasn't texted you back. So I think that's another great point is working out what do you want in your friendships and what do they want? And then you can make sure you build something that together is just like beautiful and flourishing and really nourishing rather than it kind of being this like, ah, give and take, give and take, oh, not quite meeting in the middle. This, this is gold, what you're just saying now. What it is, is that each of your friendships can fulfill a different role. Yes. I have one best friend who we just have exactly the same sense of humor. We both have dog, we're both dog mums. We both, we love the same clothes. We just have a laugh together and we're super there for each other as well emotionally, but she's not necessarily my friend who, like you said, we're going to spend seven hours in a deep existential conversation. And then I have another friend who's also been my best friend since childhood. We do have those existential conversations and we talk about things that maybe I don't speak to with other people. And I think it's just so important to remember that your friendships have different roles that chop and change over time. And communication, like you said, and just even communication with yourself to clarify who that friend is for you is really important. And maybe that's some homework for everyone that they can write a list of their friends and write the values that they share with them, or maybe just even a description of the friendship and why it means so much to them to get clarity on it. Yeah, absolutely love that. I think that is so important. And you're right, there are different reasons for every single friendship and actually you're right identifying what they are is like a really beautiful way to actually just invest more in it being that kind of friendship rather than trying to hit all of the touch points of a friendship because that's not possible we don't have enough time to do that for everyone and we don't want to do that with everyone. yeah and popular culture shows us that when we watch rom-coms and movies and stuff that the best friend should be everyone in the same way that it says that your partner should be everything and it's just not true it's impossible you just can't be Right. So I think we've both established and we've spoken about it a lot that we are both big believers that you can make friends in your 30s. Not only can you, but you should. And it's the best thing ever. But let's dive into how. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is it sounds so obvious, but to make new friends, you have to put yourself out there. It's like that phrase, Mr. Right is not going to come and sweep me off sweep you up off the sofa on a Friday night when you're watching Netflix. And I mean, I literally wish he would, but it is, it is true. You have to put yourself out there. So I think you need to become more of a yes person, not yes to everything, aware that you only have a finite amount of emotional and physical bandwidth, but just say yes to situations where you might be likely to meet new people. And it can also be online, put yourself out there. If someone messages you or you find someone that your friend posts or whatever, Follow them. Don't be afraid to message them. Nine out of 10 people might not reply. Who cares? It takes one person to reply, one job interview, one boy, one girl, one friend, 
anything and it changes your life. So put yourself out there. I have a question for you because I, I have a, I wanted to say this before, but have you made friends through Instagram and through on, online? Is that something that's been new friendships for you? Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's a really legitimate way to not only meet friends, but also meet potential partners today. And I don't think we should turn on our nose up at it and be like, oh, that's so weird that you met on Instagram. That is exactly how it is. And it's just part of today's technologically based society. Like let's lean into it rather than like be embarrassed by it. Yeah, I've made loads of friends over the past few years. I think also because of my coaching, because I do everything um, via my Instagram, but I've genuinely have friends who some of them used to coach me or then we were coaching colleagues in like a course that we were doing who I've not met them but we actually speak all the time. I can make friends in the least conventional ways these days and there's no judgment around it. Yeah, I literally have two examples. So the friend that I mentioned from Canada, she's a health professional, like a nutritionist, amazing Chinese medicine practitioner. So I found her on Instagram, followed her, was blown away by it, started DMing her. Fast forward six to 12 months, we met in Tulum. We both flew to Tulum and we met in Tulum same thing. I'm going back to Tulum and a friend, an amazing coach that I met online who lives in New York is going to fly in for the weekend. I understand that if you are very, very shy and we can come on to that question now, very, very introverted and shy, that that is probably your worst nightmare. But yes, it is a bit nerve wracking. Yes, I was a little bit nervous before doing it thinking, God, this could be awful. But if you have spoken to them enough and you set boundaries, so for example, like, oh, let's get our own bedrooms so you can have some time on your own. You don't have to share a bed with someone basically say, you know, I'm going to be working when I'm there or just me for a coffee, you know, if you're in the same city or country. I think you just have to put yourself out there because not only can they become great friends, but I'm now doing lots of business with my friend, the, the health practitioner. So I just think you have to put yourself out there, particularly online. Yeah, I really love that. I think it's just really valid and it's something that I've experienced myself so much in the past few years. Tell me as well, we will talk about in, in a moment about the, if you are more introvert, how to make friends. But how else have you made friends in your 30s? Okay, so first of all, the gym is a big one for me. I find it's like a great social community. It's very easy and normal to talk to people afterwards. Secondly is having a dog, because when your dog runs up to someone, you start speaking to them with it not being awkward or it being weird. Uh, a third way is friends of friends, which is the obvious, through actively saying, like, do you know anyone who is going through this or might want to hang out with me, um, but also just going to events where friends are friends. And the fourth way I would say is also when a friend gets a new girlfriend, that's a new potential friend there. And just this weekend, I met such a lovely person on a night out and she brought along her friend who is a child psychologist. Like this is right up that's my- made in heaven. <laughs> I feel like I potentially made two new friends this weekend and I'm going to message them both because it's also very easy to not follow up on the friendship not speak to them again and not hang out with them so it goes back to the point of just put yourself, put yourself out, out there. there yeah what about you do you think how have you found yours made new friends etc etc so the dog thing is very true I think the dog thing for me isn't necessarily making new friends but more just making me more sociable like when I walk around my area with my dog I'm always you know she's always stopping to say hi to another dog and then I Actually, just before I recorded this, the hottest guy ever and his dog were just outside my apartment. And then, I, then a car came and, and we had to uh, separate. And I was like, no, where did you go? <laughs> it's a really good way to meet men. So everyone who is single should get a dog. I agree. And just walk around, roam the streets with them. I actually recently made a good new friend in the dog park 
which was just, I saw this girl and we started chatting and we just swapped numbers and she lives around the corner. I've just moved to a new area. So that was amazing. So definitely pet related. I'm trying to think what else. Okay. For me, I've remote traveled a lot in the past two years. So whenever I go away, I've really made an effort to meet new people. And you're in situations where there are also a lot of people who are solo traveling. There are a lot of people who are also looking to meet people. People in general are more open when they're away. I've just been to Mexico to meet up with two friends who I met in Costa Rica the year before. And it was such a coincidence how we met. One of them was we sat next to each other on a bus literally for five minutes. Like it could not have been quicker. And I took her Instagram and we, we both said afterwards, we just felt like we really clicked. And a few days later, after this five minute meeting, I was sitting in my hotel room and I was alone in the new, in the new place I was. And I was like, I'm just going to message her and put myself out there. And I said, do you want to get a coffee? And she was like, yeah, why not? I met her. And then she had a group of friends who happened to, to be there. I almost didn't send that message. I almost just said, oh, I'll just spend the night in. I'll just work on some, some things in my business and maybe I'll FaceTime a friend. And I said, no, I'm going to put myself out there. So I love that. Yeah. I also think for tying onto that point, work for me is a big one. I have met a lot of people on projects where you work with them. And when I put stuff out on my story last night before we were prepping for this, I got a lot of people back saying work, work, work. Mm. Really, really easy to come across like-minded people. I mean, you're in the same career, you're interested in the same things. And I think that, yeah, work is a good one. But ultimately, wherever you meet these people, whether it's the gym, and maybe it can be the nightclub, it's probably a more slim chance, but it's not to say it can't happen. And I think it can happen literally anywhere. And like you said, you have to put yourself out there. You made that phone call. My friend, when I was in LA, he said, you have to meet this girl. And neither of us did. And then he messaged again saying, no, you have to meet her. And so we finally went for dinner or coffee. And she's literally one of my best friends ever, even though she lives in LA. We talk every single day. Like, just put yourself out there, whatever the situation. It's also about following the intuition and knowing, and that's what's the amazing thing about friends in your 30s is that who you are. So you trust yourself more. So usually that makes you a better judge of character. Now I feel like that's a whole separate podcast episode about maybe friendships that don't work out in the way that you want or maybe aren't necessarily the perfect friendships. But I do think that it's all about really being able to feel if this person is like almost vibrating at the same frequency as you. And you're right, work is a big one for me as well. You're usually on a similar page to people that you work with because you're in similar positions and you have similar interests for sure. But I think it's community that for, any, for every single person, it looks different. So for example, I've created the, my community, which is called The Next Chapter. It's a, a course and a community experience for women who are in their 30s who are struggling with this. I think it's so important to just, I always say it sounds really cheesy, but find your tribe, like genuinely find the people who you're deeply connected with and you form friendships with them. I love that. And I think that I've got two final points here, which is that it's okay if you only make one or two new friends. Like you said about finding people you vibrate with, that you align with, that you feel safe with for your nervous system, for who you are and what you've gone through is not easy to find. So it's okay if you only make one or two new friends, like that can be absolutely huge. And I think just tying back to the point around how do you make new friends if you are really, really introverted, which you touched upon. I think that I've probably got two final points here. And one of them is exactly what you said, is that if you are very introverted or very shy, maybe starting by connecting with someone online is a much 
easier way to do that rather than having to go and meet people in person. So yeah, these community spaces, you know, are amazing. And I think my final point on that, if you are very shy, ask a friend, do you have anyone that you think I should be friends with? And then the three of you could go for dinner. You, your friend that you feel safe and comfortable with, the new friend, you know, it will reduce the awkwardness and it will just make you feel more, more safe and comfortable. 100%. I think the advice that you just gave there is brilliant because you don't have to really put yourself out there in a really dramatic way in order to make friends. It can be a lot more authentic. So thank you so much, Lou. I've really, really enjoyed this. I feel like we could literally chat for like hours and hours on end about it. Maybe there'll have to be a part two. So much more to say. (laughs) Yes, we will. I mean, I've loved this. I just needed a bit of girl talk. Like this was exactly what I needed. So thank you so much for your time as well. And I feel like we'll definitely do a follow-on. I think we have so much to say. And even just being in this space, I'm like, great. I feel heard. She understands me. She's on the same page. And I think that that ultimately is the energy that this whole podcast is trying to communicate. And we've actually just like shown it in practice is that we don't really know each other. We're online friends. We haven't spent a lot of time talking to each other, but we have so much in common. So hopefully... That just shows everyone exactly what we're trying to communicate in today's episode. Oh, what a way to end. It's completely, completely true. Like, I feel like I've known you for so long, even though we've obviously never actually sat down before and had a really long conversation. So very, very apt and very true. Thank you again so, so much. And I'm looking forward to chatting again soon. Me too. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.